0: turning in my Old Testament to the book of uh, Psalms. And if you brought your Bibles this morning, which I hope you did, I'd ask you to turn to that place with me. We're going to be uh, honoring, as we have stated it, our senior high school graduates this day in a gathering that will take place uh, shortly after our our services are dismissed. And... uh, In connection with that, I want to present some thoughts for the benefit of those who are beginning this this new chapter in life. And of course, if you have a copy of the newsletter and you're familiar with those in the congregation, you know that 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 would be uh, Bailey Brock, Esther Lanier, Grant Hurstall, Connor Swan, and Taylor White. What if you could go back? What if you could go back and relive your senior year? What if you could go back and and make the same decisions that you've made since that point, but you could do things differently? Would you change how you've lived your life? Would you make different decisions? Would you take a different path? I think most of us would, would, if we had that opportunity, we might do some things differently. At the same time, as we look back over our lives, we see that a lot of things that we thought we wanted to do, we end up not doing. And it turns out for the best. Not every dream is really what we wanted. And I think God plays a part in that in making sure that we don't make a lot of mistakes. But at the same time, we do make mistakes. And we would make some changes if we could. But this group that's about to graduate... They're going to be in a position to make those decisions. And I guess we would all like to make those decisions for them. Maybe my parents would have liked to make those decisions for me, but they couldn't. And they let me make my decisions, and some of those decisions have turned out for for the better. Some have just, I've just had to live with them. But what I would like to say, and, and this lesson is aimed at the youth, but it's, relevant and applicable to all of us. What I'd like to say is that when we think about a beginning in life, it's not so much the, the specifics that make the big difference. It's it's the mindset that we take with us. It's it's the attitude, it's the heart, it's the big picture perspective that's going to influence and reach down and have a significant role in that decision making process as we make those various decisions in life I think the psalmist had some very good thoughts along these lines and I'll ask you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 119 and verse 9 where we see a very simple question followed by a very simple statement and the question is how can a young man keep his way pure how can a young man, and, and, and it would be as applicable to a young woman, how is it that as you step out in life, you can just live clean? You know, we talk about eating clean, and I guess that means different things to different people. We may have different measurements or standards of measurement when, when it comes to the matter of eating clean. I don't think eating a, a double Whopper with cheese and, and large fries would, in anybody's book, be eating clean. And I think about that phrase, well, what does that mean? What does that mean when you don't eat clean? Does that mean you're eating dirty? But be that as it may, when I think about making one's way pure, it's not just about morality. Morality plays a role, and, and being a moral person is in, is important. But purity reaches beyond that. Purity affects our motives. It it affects the, the way that we we go to work every day and, and what it is that we hope to accomplish. It, it it affects the relationships that we enter into. It affects the the thinking and the foundation of our lives. That is keeping our way pure is is a very broad encompassing concept. And the question is raised, how can a man do that? And then the statement is made by keeping it according to your word. Before we look at the answer to the question, I want to ask another question. And that is, not just how, but why. Why is it that you want to begin life and and at any point you can begin again? If you've made mistakes, if you're older in life, and you do look back and you say, man, if I, could, if I could relive my life, there's a lot of things I would do differently. If that's you, today can be your graduation from that old way of life. And you can begin anew. You can always press the reboot button and, and start your life afresh. But why would you do that? Digging deeper and thinking about this this manner of life and and living a good, clean, and wholesome life, why would you do that? Well, I want to ask you to go with me to Psalm chapter 24 first, and then we're going to go to the New Testament. Because here is another psalm that I think speaks to that matter. In verse 3, the question is asked, Psalm chapter 24 and verse 3, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in His holy place? Well, that speaks to fellowship, but God does. Who may live their lives in the presence of God? Verse 4, He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and is not sworn deceitfully, he shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, even Jacob. That's why. It's because we want to live a life that is lived in the presence of God. We want to live a a pure life, a good, a clean life, because we want to be with God. We want to be with God now, and we want to be with God in eternity. In Matthew chapter 5, I like the way Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, in giving us the Beatitudes, expressed it, that is, this matter of being pure. Have you ever noticed... In looking at this particular beatitude, the outcome, when he says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart. Why are they blessed? For they shall see God. Those are the ones that come into the presence of God. That's why as I begin a new in life, as I, as I start a new chapter I want to make my way pure. I want to live that pure life. Because I want to see God. In First John chapter 3, here's another thought that connects with what the psalmist wrote and what Jesus said there at Matthew chapter 5. 1 John chapter 3, in verse 2 beginning, John writes, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not as appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when He appears, when the Lord returns... We know when that happens that we will be like Him because we will see Him just as He is. I can't ex- similar to what Mike said earlier, I-, I can't explain exactly what that means. But I know that there's going to be something that takes place when the Lord returns when I'm ushered into the, the, the very presence of God. I've made my way pure and I'm finally there. I know when that happens, I'm going to see him just as he is. And then in verse 3, he states, And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. You see that? Why keep your way pure? As you begin your life, why keep your way pure? Not just how, but why? Because you want to see God. You want to be like God. You want to see Him as He is. And that's where that path is going to take you. Now, the psalmist answers the question with a simple statement by keeping it according to your word. So this is a life that is focused on the word of God. And I have to ask the question. And I know maybe you get tired of preachers asking this question Preachers harping on this, preachers making these statements. So much of what comes out of preaching is about studying the Bible. Well, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. You don't know what you don't know. And if you don't know the word, you can't keep your way pure. And you can't keep your way pure if you don't know the word, and you will only know the word as you commit your life to studying it. No competition, please. <laughs> you will know the word as you commit your life to studying it. You know, and I just want to ask, I just want to ask our, our young people. If you're a teenager this morning, let me just ask you the question. Man, do you read the Bible? Do you study the Bible? Do you just wait for Bible class and then you're like that little bird in that nest and you're just going to let the, the mom come and drop, drop the worm in your mouth and, and, and feed you? Well, there's, there's a place for that. But you're never too young. To open up the Bible. And to start reading it. And then and then to study it. And, and, and I'll tell you when you, when you, when you first start reading it, it's not always going to make sense. You're not always going to understand it. It's not the most difficult thing that a person could study in life, but it's not the easiest either. There's a lot of pieces that just sort of seem to, to fall together and fall in place only with continuous abiding in the word but if you want that clean life it's going to have to be a life that's focused on the word of God God. Psalm chapter 119 and verse 10 it's after verse 9 how can a young man keep his way pure by keeping it according to your word now listen to the words of the psalmist with all my heart I have sought you with all my heart Seeking God. Because you want to be with God. You want to be in the presence of God. You want to be pure as God is pure. Do not, not, this is the prayer of the psalmist. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart. Why? That I may not sin against you. I want that clean life. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. That's an interesting prayer, isn't it? It's, it's asking God to open your mind so as to be able to understand. Not just from the Bible class teacher, not just from the, the preacher, but asking God to work providentially in, in the brain, in the mind that He has given you so that you can begin to grasp the deeper meaning of His Word. Verse 13, With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. I I talk about your work. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. This means more to me than anything. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your work. If you're at a turning point in your life, if you just begin with that commitment, You'll make a lot of good decisions in life. In verse 59 of this same psalm, I considered my ways and I turned my feet to your testimony. I looked at my life. I think my life is not the pure life it should be. And it's not the pure life it should be because I'm not focused on your word. So I turned my feet to your testimonies. I hastened and did not delay to keep your commandments the cords of the wicked have encircled me. Well, that speaks to life, doesn't it? The cords of the wicked. Do you ever feel like the cords of the wicked have just got you all tangled up? You know, that's the world in which we live. We live in a world of wicked people. We lo- we live in a world of wicked influences. And and sometimes we almost feel like we're just tied down with them so much that 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 we we have no choice to be, but to become like the world, but that's not true. The cords of the wicked have encircled me, but I have not forgotten your law. I'll get through this because I'm focused. I'm focused on your word. Your word, verse 105, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It guides me. Wherever I go, I know there's going to be light because I have committed. My life to be one focused on your word. How can a young man keep his way pure by keeping it according to your word? Where will that word take us? Where will the word take us? Well, I'm going to let you make some points for me as we look at some verses, and then the lesson lesson will be yours. In Hebrews chapter 12, let's go there first. Hebrews chapter 12. You make you make the connection as you read the verse. Open up the sword of the Spirit. I hope you brought the sword with you today. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. Pursue peace with all men, all men, and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. Remember we said earlier, the one who keeps his way pure does so because he wants to be in the presence of God. This verse speaks to right relationships. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification that is the distinctive lifestyle without which no one will see the Lord. Now go to Matthew chapter 5. Go back to the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount and notice in verse 9. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. The word will take us to right relationships. We'll seek to be at peace. We'll want to be a peacemaker because that's what Jesus was. Jesus did not set out in life to, to create conflict everywhere he went. His mission was not to leave a trail of human carnage. His mission to, was to be a peacemaker, to bring about reconciliation between between God and man. He died for that. If we live a life that's focused on the word, then that word will take us to right relationships. Don't be concerned about marrying the perfect person. Be concerned about Marrying the right person. Don't be concerned about the perfect career. Be concerned about the decision that will allow you to build relationships that are going to glorify the Lord. And that will enable you to have opportunities to share your faith with others. That's where the Word will take us. Now go to Hebrews chapter 5. Notice in verse 13. Hebrews 5 and verse 13, For everyone who partakes only of milk, and that's just a surface reading of the Scripture, just focusing on the principle. Everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their, descent, their senses trained to discern good and evil. There's right relationships, and there's right thinking. The Word will take us to right thinking. We don't always have the specifics addressed in the Scriptures. There are a lot of temptations that we face every day, and we can't go to a specific verse of Scripture that explains exactly what that is. But the promise of this verse is that if you will practice, if you will practice what what God preaches, then you will have your senses trained to discern good and evil. It's that sixth sense. It's that ability. You just know it. You've studied the Bible so much. You've read God's Word. You've become familiar with His will. You have made His will your will. And now when you're faced with this decision... You don't have to call anybody. You know. This is not right. This is not right. I can't read about this specific matter in the Bible, but this isn't right. I am not going to this place. I am not going to do this thing. This is something that I cannot accept. And that's a part of hungering and thirsting for righteousness, is it not? the Hebrew writer again said the word of righteousness. It's a word that will make you right with God. And then in chapter 5, going back to the Sermon on the Mount once more, chapter 5 and verse 6, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. God will give you that answer. Right thinking can be yours if that's your commitment. And then finally, where will the word take us? I'll go ahead and give you this one. It'll take you to the right foundation. In Luke chapter 6, beginning at verse 46, and this is going to be parallel to what Clay read for us earlier from the book of Matthew. In the sixth chapter of Luke's gospel, beginning at verse 46, Jesus said, Why, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house, who dug deep and he laid a foundation on the rock, and when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house, and he could not shake it because it had been well built. This is the young man who is keeping his way according to the word. This is the young woman who is keeping her way according to the word. This is the one who asked the question, how can I keep my way pure? And then is following that foundation. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. And the torrent burst against it and immediately it collapsed and the ruin of that house was great. Is that the life that you want? We all know people whose lives can be described in that way. I mean, they have made a hot mess of their life. Because they didn't build it on the foundation. They didn't start by building right relationships with right thinking and that right foundation. In Matthew chapter 7, and we'll close with this in verse 13. Jesus said, enter through the narrow gate. Everything we've talked about is not the easy path. It's not the path of least resistance. The gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. But the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. who do you want to be you want to be like everybody else or do you want to be the few you ask us who have more life behind us than we have before us how quickly how quickly it goes and everything that you're doing right now is laying that foundation How do you keep your way pure? You keep it pure by keeping it according to the Word of God. If you're here this morning and you haven't confessed your faith in Jesus, if you're not a disciple following after Him, then this can be a new beginning for you. You may not be graduating high school. You may still be in school. Or you may have graduated high school a long time ago. It's never too late. It's never too late to begin that new chapter in your life. If you're subject to the invitation, please come forward, confess your faith, repent of your sins, and then be baptized to have those sins washed away by the blood of Christ. Please come. We're standing.